You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning again and welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft. Uh, We've had a couple of guests um, and really it's just been a fascinating morning. Our first guests were uh, Nathan and Megan from NDSU's Newman Center. And what are the good things happening there and kind of priming the pump for the SEEK conference that is coming up in St. Louis. Not too late to sign up for college students or even for parishes. Uh, So if you have questions about the SEEK conference, ask your local pastor. Um, And if you're a college student, reach out to NDSU Newman Center. If you're a college student that's not at NDSU, uh, recommended just go on to the seek.org website, find your local, the local campus, the closest campus that uh, has focus on their campus. And you can uh, seek to try to get, no pun intended, seek to get to a seek conference (laughs) um, through the local Newman Center there. Second segment was a Deacon Ed Schoner and talking about how to deal with the, losing a loved one to suicide. Um, and just it's so beautiful to see how the Holy Spirit moving through the ministry that he's taken, how the Lord has taken something that is devastating and horrible and bringing good about it just because of his truth and love being revealed. And now we have another opportunity. A guest this morning, Teresa Collette from Egan, Minnesota, is going to share with us What's happening in this organization called MOMS, uh, M-O-M-S, Mothers Offering Maternal Support. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for having me on. Our pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Um, so tell us, tell us about this, this MOMS group. What is it? How did it get started? How did you get involved in it? Well, actually, I am not a member of the organization. I am their lawyer. Oh, so, <laughs> so. You're, you're putting the fight in the fight. You're part of the fight I for am. parental rights. So you may maybe unofficially not a part of it, but but you're you're stepping in, you're stepping in the chasm, if you will. Absolutely, Minnesota uh, has uh, sadly a state constitutional decision by the Supreme Court in this state that created a right to abortion. And there has been a lawsuit filed about three years ago, almost three and a half now, by a local abortionist, a nurse who wants to perform abortions, a, a abortion funding group. Um, and in that lawsuit, they claimed that laws that had even gone up to the United States Supreme Court and been upheld uh, by that court under uh Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which continued the reign of abortion on demand by the court. Um, even those laws had been upheld. They said, no, they, they are unconstitutional under our state constitution. And among the various laws they attacked, it included our parental notice law. That law in particular had been upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court. They attacked our women's right to know or informed consent statute that makes sure that women who are considering aborting their pregnancy know about the resources that are available to support them if they continue that pregnancy, the fact that even though the father of the child wants them to have an abortion, if they choose to continue their pregnancy and have the baby, then he has a responsibility to help financially support the mom. Uh, For those families suffering uh, uh, from a diagnosis of fetal uh, anomaly where the baby has a problem, a disability developing even in the womb. Um, There is counseling available 
So the informed consent law was really important. In addition to that, we also had a reflection period law or a law that simply required that when an adult was seeking an abortion, she uh, wait 24 hours from the time that she got all the information that was included in the informed consent requirement. And then, only then, could the abortion proceed. For minors, the law was a 48-hour period to allow the girl and her parents to talk together about the best way to respond to the unplanned pregnancy. We also had, or we also, I guess, had is the right tense, a law that uh, limited the performance of abortion to physicians only, and that's where the nurse plaintiff came in because she claimed that nurses can perform abortions, to the woman at least, as safely as uh, doctors, which um, is clearly untrue when we're talking about late-term abortions. I think it's important for your listeners to know that in Minnesota, we have no term limitation. Abortions can be performed legally in the state all the way up until birth. So those four laws are the laws that a group of women who are mothers of daughters that are still underage, um, they came together and formed moms, and I'm representing them in trying to intervene in the case uh, in order that we can go in and present uh, a defense of these laws. The Attorney General, of course, is charged with doing so under our state constitution and state laws, but it's clear from the court order striking down those four laws plus more um, that he simply did not provide an adequate defense. So how long have these laws that you're looking to defend, how long have they been under attack? You said you said three years ago, but I, I'm just wondering, is this in any way tied into the recent midterms? Um, and I, I, I just also, I want to bring that clarity for our listeners because there's been so much that's surfaced regarding the midterms, and I just don't want to have that confusion. Well, actually, at one level, these laws have been under attack since the very day they were passed. As I mentioned, our parental right. notice law has already been up to the U.S. Supreme Court 20, 30 years ago, upheld and, and came back. So this is completely independent. This lawsuit was started before the do- before the Supreme Court even accepted the Dobbs case, more or less ruled on it. So. Got it. Um, it, but again, it's grounded in this idea that the state constitution, which just like the U.S. Constitution, has absolutely no language that creates a right to abortion. Nonetheless, um, they are claiming that this judicially created right to abortion uh, is so broad that it simply will not tolerate almost any regulation of the procedure. I think this is really important. You know, this show that we're on, Teresa, it's a network uh, network-wide, it's, so it's not just Minnesota, but North and South Dakota. Well, both North and South Dakota, in, through the recent Dobbs uh, d- decision, um, abortion is now illegal, and, and we're very thankful and grateful for that. But we're also well aware here in Fargo, which is where I am, uh, we're neighbor Moorhead, we're right next to Minnesota, and Minnesota, a Planned Parenthood organization just teamed up with another group that they're still trying to make it accessible right in Moorhead. So they're just trying to go across the river, as they say here in town, um, to have access to abortion. And so we do know we've been kind of teaming up and doing our part to work with 
Bishop Cousins from the Diocese of Crookston because no, no bishop wants this in their backyard, right? And so um, we know that a lot of people are leaving North and South Dakota to go into Minnesota, right? And, well, oh, go ahead. You, you couldn't have a better ally than Bishop Cousins. He is a good and holy man, and he is, a, he, he is not one to pick a fight, but he's not one to step away from it when it started either. Right, so. right. And, and, and so, but it's going to take all of us, and that's one of the things um, when I was just reading a little bit about uh, the parental notification abortion laws and just protecting women from being exploited, um, the group, this mom's group, and, it, and it's one of those things. We're living in a time, people are really turned off, like, oh, you're making everything political. You know, really, we're just defending good and fighting evil. <laughs> I mean, so this isn't so much a political, but it's being made political. And yet, uh, your work with this mom's group, it's, it's a bipartisan group, right? These, Absolutely. These are, these are mothers. This has nothing to do with whatever political party or affiliation you want to tie into. This is really trying to protect young women. Um, and, and speak truth into an area that's really, as you already noted, it's been under attack for a long time. Well, and what's so important, particularly with, with young girls, uh, but also with adult women, um, if, a, if a woman or a girl discovers she's pregnant and uh, her sexual partner you know, doesn't want to continue the relationship, or if it's the result of sexual assault, abortion doesn't change their circumstance, right? I mean, part of the reason parental notice laws are so important is the sad reality is there are adult men who will take advantage of teenage girls and impregnate them. And this ensures that the parents, or at least the court, knows that this is happening and can stop the abuse. So the idea that, you know, every abortion is a wanted abortion, to, you know, to a turn a phrase, uh, mm-hmm. is simply not true. There are lots and lots of women, and particularly young girls, who are scared, who don't know what to do, and who are coerced into it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And we've, we've had several different guests surrounding different aspects of the what the healing ministry is for women, post-abortive women, and what continues to come out is their story of what led to them making that decision in so many ways is filled with lies, right? They're so vulnerable. They're confused. Um, they're so, they're often overwhelmed. And so they're just, they're often made to think things that just aren't true. And so ministries right. like this mom's effort is, is significant. Teresa, we got to take a break here already. Uh, we're, we're coming up on that break in just a couple minutes. And then we'll, we'll come back because I'd like to hear more about how mom's as a group, how this mom's group got started, if you can dig into some of that. Um, so stay with us on Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Mark Holcraft. We're talking to Teresa Collette, uh, who is a, a lawyer based out of the Twin Cities area in the Egan, Minnesota area. And she is fighting the good fight. She said she's not with moms, but she's absolutely fighting the fight with this mom's group, the fight for parental rights in Minnesota. So stay with us, Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? 
Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Through baptism and confirmation, we receive the Holy Spirit of power and truth, who then equips us for mission with ordinary and extraordinary graces and gifts necessary for the building of the kingdom. Sometimes those graces, though totally effective, lie dormant like chocolate in a glass of milk, waiting for our faith and understanding to stir them up. If left inactive, the chocolate often settles at the bottom of the glass. It's still there, but it's not imparting flavor to the milk. So what are we to do? Call upon the Holy Spirit and stir those graces out of the bottom into the milk of our lives. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life today, and He will continue to renew you and animate your life with power and love. Don't let your expectations limit the Lord and His Holy Spirit. Expect Him to act through you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. So this is your host, Mark Holcraft. We're talking to Teresa Collette uh, regarding moms, mothers offering maternal support, fighting for parental rights in Minnesota. And we're talking with Teresa who was sharing a little bit about, about moms. And um, over the break, we just touched base. <laughs> she gave me clarity. Well, this is why I'm not a part of moms. And I thought it was actually a good point to want to bring back up on air as far as um, how do you become a part of the moms group? So, Teresa, if you could just shed a little light on that, that'd be great. Sure. It's really important in order uh, to have what's called standing in the lawsuit. You have to be able to say, I have been injured by this action. And since both my girls are in their 30s, (laughs) I wouldn't get parental notice if they were to ever seek an abortion, which, thanks be to God, we have healthy, happy grandchildren from both of them, and I don't think that would ever come up. But if it did, (laughs) I wouldn't get notice. So it's limited to uh, mothers who have daughters who are under the age of 18 right now. And we're limiting it to moms because notwithstanding that I have two granddaughters, one 18 and one 12, uh, again, the law would not require that I be notified. It simply would be required that their parents be notified. So uh, if you have listeners who either have daughters who are under 18 or who are uh, grandmothers and who can talk to their daughters, we'd love to have them join if they want to join us in this fight to make sure parents have a right to know when their daughters are in this situation. And the case that we've been referring to uh, this morning, Teresa, is called Doe versus Minnesota. And the ruling, you've already shared a, a couple of points why this ruling is dangerous, 
But why, why is it so dangerous, and particularly for young women? And I might be kind of asking an obvious question, but I just think it's important. You know, you're the attorney that's representing this, this mom's group. It would be great to get your insight why this is so dangerous. Well, there are a number of reasons it's dangerous because, uh, and actually the U.S. Supreme Court, before the Dobbs case, when abortion on demand was still the law of the land, uh, the Supreme Court said, but parents' involvement is a different animal because young girls may not know their full medical history, especially with the increase in uh, medication or chemical abortions. It's important to know about drug allergies. It's important to know about any bleeding conditions, things that... Sometimes a teen just doesn't even know is in her own medical history. Sure. And then another important factor, as we've already talked about, is protecting against, you know, sexual abuse and sexual uh, exploitation. It's also a protection against human trafficking. And, you know, that seems so foreign to, to many of us. But sadly, it's a, it's a current reality, and it's a current reality in this part of the country, uh, especially uh, involving children who are vulnerable, uh, particularly uh, Native American children. Um, and so it's really important that, that there be a grown-up on their side who's helping them with this. In addition to that, you know, if there's any post-abortion complications like hemorrhaging uh, from either the medication or the surgical abortion, um, a parent's not going to know necessarily that this is signs of some sort of dangerous perforation of the uterus or infection. You know, the girl can pass it off as, oh, gosh, mom, I just, you know, I've got the flu if I've got a high temperature. Well, maybe you have the flu, but you may have a, an infection that we need to go to the emergency room and make sure that you're okay after the abortion. So there are lots of reasons that parents both have a right to know under the state and federal constitution and in the natural order of things, but but also have a need to know. We're not officious intermeddlers in the language of the law. Yeah, We're people yeah. who care about these girls and have a duty to take care of them. But with adult women, there's also a really important need for information because so many young women have re- have been raised in a culture where, you know, it, there's not much in-depth knowledge about abortion. They don't know, for example, that uh, that if you have an abortion, it may, in fact, increase your t- uh, chance of premature labor in subsequent pregnancies. Uh, they don't know about the risks. They don't know about the options available to them to continue the, the uh, pregnancy. And, and we have safe haven laws in both the Dakotas and Minnesota. So when a, when a woman gives birth to that child in situations where she simply feels like she can't care for that child, there are 31 families waiting for every infant uh, that's available for adoption, regardless of disability, race. <laughs> There are 34 loving families out there that would gladly take that baby and raise that child as their own. So there's so much at stake in this case, and it's so problematic that the attorney general didn't see fit to adequately defend it. Um, so, well, I mean, there's there's so much information, and, that, and that's there's so much of the information you just shared is what also is being held back or withheld without this parental notice, uh, the notification law. Um, how does this lawsuit then ensure the parental notification laws are restored? Well, if the, what we've asked the, the trial court to do 
is to allow us to come in. And so the the court handed down its opinion, and in its, it's a rather lengthy opinion, it's 80 pages, but in it, 12 times, the judge says, the defendants presented no evidence. The defendants presented no evidence. The plaintiff's evidence about the fact that every woman is absolutely firm in her decision seeking an abortion and doesn't need this information, you know, they didn't challenge that. They didn't challenge the idea that girls benefit, uh, that girls are harmed by parental involvement. So the attorney general and the, the governor and the public officials that were sued in this lawsuit simply, you know, let the other side tell their story that's not true, and the judge had to rule based on that because there was no rebutting evidence. What this lawsuit does, in addition to filing our uh, notice of intervention and now our motion to intervene, we filed with the court uh, more than 10 declarations by national experts, experts that have testified before Congress, who have testified before state legislatures, who have testified in other court hearings. Uh, Literally, you know, 300 pages, I think, total of expert testimony wow. in the saying to the judge, look, it's not that this evidence isn't out there. It's that the attorney general didn't do his job and bring it to didn't you. Didn't do his due diligence. So, yeah. So we are ready. We are ready to bring it to you, your honor. Here it is. And let us into the case and let us defend our own interest, given that the government in this case uh, did such an inadequate job in doing so. Teresa, how this this is fascinating to me, and it as you were talking, I just couldn't help but think. You know, one of the things I'm grateful to have your your time on air this morning is we're sharing with a group of listeners that are very prayerful. They're they're prayer warriors, and 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 that is something. Even if we're in North South Dakota, or pretty removed from Minnesota, if we're on the western side of the states, the power of prayer has its place in this, and I and I think that's so important for our listeners. Um, can you tell us, Teresa, more information? Like, how can we find out more information about this case? How can people get involved with moms? Um, a little more information there. Sure, and and let me just build first off of what you just said. The uh, I am a big believer that prayer changes things. Always has, always will until the second coming, and I guess even in heaven it may. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So. So there are two uh, particular dates that I'd like people to put on their prayer calendars. And uh, one is December 22nd. Uh, we have already filed our uh, brief supporting our motion to intervene, as well as all those expert declarations. Uh, the attorney general is responding that on, uh, and the plaintiffs are responding to that on December 22nd. Merry Christmas to me, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you'll be busy. I'll be I'll be busy writing a reply. But what better gift can I lay at the at the newborn child's mm. <laughs> feet, right? Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so we have the opportunity to file a reply to that, and then on January fifth, the court will hear arguments in this case. And that'll be a really important day, too, that that I can uh, be eloquent and wise as serpents, but innocent as doves yeah, <laughs> as I yeah. make this presentation. So 
those dates would be it would be awesome to have prayer support on those dates in particular and throughout the throughout the case. Oh, I appreciate yeah, I appreciate you dropping those dates and, and inviting people. You know, <laughs> put on your calendars, people, and if you put a mark on December twenty second, January fifth, if nothing else, if you don't remember, just remember moms. We're praying for moms. Right. Thank um. you, and and you can jo- and your listeners can join the organization if they have uh, a minor daughter, any child, uh, any girl child under eighteen, <laughs> by uh, emailing moms of m n. So it's all one word: m o m s o f m n at proton dot protonmail dot com. P r o t o n m a i l dot com. That's Moms of Minnesota, the abbreviated Minnesota, at protonmail.com if they'd like to join. We also have a Facebook page if they want to look us up on Facebook. Page I was just going to ask read. if yeah. there's, so Facebook, social media, is there any other social media uh, access? That, I don't think there's a Twitter account. I don't okay. <laughs> think there's okay. a Snap. Chat, I, but uh, again, that would that would be something. I apologize that our uh, that the mom's representative could answer better than I. No, can. no problem. And, and Teresa, as you're talking this morning, you know, I, I was going back to, you know, our first segment this morning. I was talking with uh, some campus ministry, you know, campus minister at NDSU's Newman Center and uh, a focus missionary, you know, and and they were talking about they they have 60 small group Bible studies going on, on the campus. But this is a bit of, you know, between minors and that young college age, that's the target that um, we're, we're kind of discussing. And really, we're discussing minors, you know, um, but they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable, and they need to be empowered with truth and uh, that sense of the assurance of self-confidence. Um, you know, for these women, by the time they get to college, so much is happening. There's so much going after them before they even get there. And so I think these groups like moms um, in a world like, you know, we can be discouraged and we're in a fight. And so I kind of like that moms fighting for parental rights because it is our duty. And you used that word earlier, uh, that duty. We have just a few seconds left. Any final thoughts, reflections, Teresa, from this morning? Well, and it's not just our minor daughters. It's our our college-age daughters, too. Because remember, this lawsuit involves making sure these girls get accurate information and have time to reflect on it. So please, uh, if your readers can, or your listeners, I'm sorry, if your listeners can... Pray for us, and if and if they're eligible to join moms, please email or get in touch with us through the Facebook page. Teresa, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been a blessing. On the other side of the break, the Diocese of Sioux Falls has lost a great man and shepherd. Stay tuned. Our guest, Mark Kanzemius, will be talking about what he remembers with Bishop Swain. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 